is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. So we rounded up a bunch of clips today. And no, this won't be the whole show, I'm just making a point. And it looks like Mr. Bruce on every network, and, uh, and MSNBC and AB, and excuse me, and CNN, the mantra continues. That Donald Trump opposes democracy, that his election will destroy democracy. Now, the reprobates, the demagogues, the radical Marxists in the Democrat Party and their media, this is how they think they're going to persuade you to vote for Joe Biden. They don't want to discuss the economy, price of food, utilities, housing, automobiles. The lousy schools, particularly in minority and low-income areas. They don't want to discuss that. They don't want to discuss the fact that the military recruitment is at record lows, which is very concerning. Certainly don't want to discuss the slavery that's taking place on the border. So they're going to discuss how Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Now, America, Donald Trump was president for four years. We can contrast him to Biden in terms of democracy or constitutional republicanism. Trump never, ever defied any Supreme Court ruling or any judicial ruling of any kind. And so in the case of Biden, he's already defied two with respect to student loans and using the health agencies to freeze Rent levels. They don't have the authority to do any of this stuff. Joe Biden has violated the entire slew of immigration statutes. He does it affirmatively. It's not an accident, it's intentional. The consequences have been horrendous, inhumane, 
He does that purposely. He's attacking our society. That is, I'll use their word, democracy. Joe Biden believes so that only the coasts and a couple big cities in the center of the country will determine who the president and vice president of the United States will be. Joe Biden believes in packing the court. Oh, Mark, not the Supreme Court. Yes, packing the court. He's packing the lower courts and the Constitution, our declaration, democracy, constitutional republicanism. I can't think of anything. In 36 years in the, in the U.S. Senate, eight years as vice president, three miserable years as president, I can't think of anything. Can you? He encouraged... He encouraged the the fascistic effort to remove Donald Trump from ballots. He goes around and accuses Trump of insurrection, which he's never been charged with. And in fact, in the Senate, when there was a trial there, a really outrageous effort, um, Trump was acquitted. So he's sending messages to his judges, his prosecutors, and the would-be jurors in most of these Democrat cities. Joe Biden shouldn't be giving lectures about democracy. Joe Biden needs to receive lectures about democracy. Because he clearly doesn't believe in it. Joe Biden rules by executive order. His bureaucracy rules by regulation. And they both do it in small ways and large. You know, home appliances are up for grabs. Ceiling fans. Gas stoves. Washing machines, dryers, dishwashers, lawnmowers. Of course, the automobile. Nothing is safe. Everything's on the table. And a court just ruled, uh, hello, the EPA doesn't have the authority to do all this in the name of clean air. And it clearly does not, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Joe Biden doesn't believe in democracy. He believes in the permanent government. He believes in broadening its powers, increasing its numbers using your tax dollars to pay them bonuses and increase their salaries? Democracy. Now, the benefit we have is that Donald Trump was president for four years. He never led an insurrection. He was never seditious. He never did a violent thing, nor encouraged it a violent thing at all. Nor has he been charged with any of that. And if they could, they would. Never defied a Supreme Court ruling, as Biden has. Never defied a circuit or district court ruling. Appealing them is not defying them. It's using the process. Donald Trump never used our criminal justice system, federal prosecutors, Trump-appointed judges, to go after any political opponent. None. Not once. And on January 6th, while the judges in Washington, D.C., like a former friend, Lambert and others, are having a grand old time, 
abusing the law, particularly 1502, the Enron obstruction law, to throw innocent Americans in prison. And they have to use that statute because they're they're following the lead of the rogue prosecutor rather than thinking for themselves as judges are supposed to. It's one thing if you violently attack a cop or if you do damage inside the building or to get in the building. It's quite another if you're roaming around aimlessly or if you're on the Capitol grounds. That certainly doesn't deserve any jail time. None. People in this country right now have done much worse than the roaming the countryside, raping and pillaging and killing. So what has Donald Trump done that threatens democracy? Nothing. What has Biden done that threatens democracy? Almost everything. Including his attacks on Trump about democracy. I want you to listen to Eric Holder on MSNBC. Comes out every now and then. Like Dracula. Eric Holder, who violated federal law with Fast and Furious, wound wound up being involved, really, in the killing of a DEA agent, I believe. As we were, not a DEA agent, but a, a border agent, as we were selling weapons illegally to the cartels for which Eric Holder was never punished. And you see, this is the thing. Why isn't he criminally charged? If we follow the precedent that's being argued, practiced by the Democrats and their judges, Eric Holder should have been charged. Should have been charged with complicity in that murder. That's how it works when they throw the doors wide open to their agenda. Here he is. Cut three, Mr. Producer. Go. I mean, you have to look at what it is that they're talking about. That is the, the Trump, um, the Trump uh, campaign, uh, the pres- former president himself. And think of the America that they're trying to create. You have a president who is beyond the reach of the law. You have a Justice Department. Whoa, goes whoa, 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 whoa. What does that even mean? He's in courtroom after courtroom after courtroom. Beyond the reach of the law? Go ahead. Opponents. Well, absolutely He's going no after his political opponents? By calling them out? Giving them names? Has he called anybody Hitler yet? Go ahead. going to prosecute um, Joe Biden. Well, well exactly. if Joe Biden has committed an offense, and if the circuit court potentially the Supreme Court rule that the immunity that comes with the office of the presidency for the president does not follow the president when the president becomes an ex-president. Well, of course they can look for ways to charge Joe Biden. And it amazes me that they wring their hands. This is exactly what they're actually doing to Donald Trump. Using the Presidential Records Act, which doesn't even have a criminal penalty, and using the Espionage Act under the great Woodrow Wilson of 1917, which he used to put 2,000 people in jail. But you know what? 
the federal judges, the prosecutors in Washington, D.C., they're going to beat that. And they will be condemned by history. Go ahead. That's not going to bother them. You would have a United States of America that would be unrecognizable to us. That would be one that you'd see more uh, in Putin's Russia. Really? In Putin's Russia? Isn't that kind of what we're seeing now, America? The prosecution by the Biden regime against his likely opponent in the Republican Party? The former president? That's Putin. That's Stalin. Listen to how they project. They project, but this is important because they're condemning themselves. One of the great lawyers after World War II, when the Nazis were put on trial. And when they were pointing their fingers, pointing, their, when, pointing that forefinger, when they were talking, and he made the point, when you point at me with one finger, you're pointing at yourself with three. Go ahead and try it. That's what Eric Holder is doing. Eric Holder was the most politically corrupt, lapdog attorney general. Same as a deputy attorney general under Clinton. Rubber stamped all these pardons of terrorists, billionaires on the run. Had no problem with it. None. And he became attorney general of the United States. Same damn thing. Go ahead. The United States that we've come to all know and love. And oh, this- you have come to know and love the United States? That's, that's amazing. It's the other thing I'm sick of. The party that hates the United States, reprobates like Holder, who hates the United States, even though the United States has provided him with millions and millions and millions of dollars of a life, of a uh, lifestyle. We've come to know and love the United States, just as we've come to know and love George Washington at Valley Forge. Wait a minute. Well, what was 2020 all about? What's the 1619 Project all about? What's CRT all about? Holder embraces all that, but now the United States we've come to know and love. You see, those of us who defend the founders and the original documents, those of us who defend American history, the good, bad, and the, and the evil, those of us who defend private property rights, the Bill of Rights, family values, apparently we're the ones against democracy. Go ahead. What this is about. This question is about whether or not our democracy will endure, whether or not our no, democracy... No, it's not. No, it's not. You lying SOB. No, it's not. You're already destroying our Constitution. This election's about whether or not we, our side, can save it. Or if it's too late. Or if it's too late. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Democracy, Mr. Holder, so scared. Here's one example. January 2009, National Review, Andy McCarthy. I've got mail. i got to kill that, don't I? 
Scusi. I normally don't even have the audio on. All right. Let me fix that. All right. I think I just did. Here we go. Attorney General nominee Eric Holder repeatedly pushed some of this from the L.A. Times, he cites, repeatedly pushed some of his subordinates at the Clinton Justice Department to drop their opposition to a controversial 1999 grant of clemency to 16 members of two violent Puerto Rican nationalist organizations, according to interviews and documents. Clinton's decision to commute prison terms caused an uproar at the time. Holder was called before Congress to explain his role, but declined to answer numerous questions from angry lawmakers, demanding to know why the Justice Department had not sided with the FBI, federal prosecutors, and other law enforcement officials were vehemently opposed to the grants. These were terrorists. Clinton's decision to outrage law enforcement officials who had tried to contain a bombing campaign in New York, Chicago, and elsewhere in the 1970s and 80s by groups seeking independence for Puerto Rico from the U.S. And it goes on. Eric Holder, the 16 members of the FALN, the Spanish acronym for the Armed Forces of National Liberation, and Los Macheritos, had been convicted in Chicago and Hartford variously of bank robbery, possession of explosives, participating in a seditious conspiracy. They were convicted of it. They were linked to more than 130 bombings, armed robberies, six slangs, hundreds of injuries, and Eric Holder pushed for their commutation. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Oh, yes, democracy, America. That's what they believe in. No, they don't. They hate it. They hate it. You see, they weren't done, the Democrats, with pardoning terrorists. Weren't done. The communists, of course, celebrated what they were doing. Obama commuted yet the conviction of another terrorist, another Puerto Rican terrorist. And in this case, it was the leader of the FALN who never apologized, never relented, Oscar Lopez Rivera. And so he pardoned him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Jimmy Carter, in 1979, released from prison, three Puerto Rican terrorists who shot, shot at members of Congress. Hitting them, shooting them. We're talking about Bill Clinton, who pardoned more than a dozen terrorists of the FALN. We're talking about Barack Obama, who was a buddy of domestic terrorist Bill Ayers who pardoned the head FALN terrorist. And this is the party of democracy, America. Of democracy. Donald Trump never pardoned a terrorist. Terrorist? The Weather Underground. Those groups that Obama supported, who were his friends, set off a bomb in the Capitol building, 
tried to blow up the Pentagon and the White House? Those are his chumps. Democracy they talk about. They have absolute communists and Islamists in leadership positions in the House and Democrats. AOC, Bernie Sanders, Talib. The list is a long one. Democracy, they say. They like democracy. They just hate the Constitution. They hate the people who wrote it and ratified. They just hate the Declaration of Independence. Truly one of the most fantastic documents ever written. Hate it all. Democracy. Now there's another lame brain among the group, but he's a good soldier. Reminds me of Bob, you know, Mueller, who testified on so-called Russia collusion. Uh, It was obvious that the man was, uh, well, he had the capacity, the mental capacity of Joe Biden. But I want you to hear this. Merrick Garland's on CNN today. Now, Merrick Garland won't go anywhere where he's actually challenged. I want you to listen to this. Cut one, go. One of the trials for the former president, uh, Donald Trump, is scheduled for March. Uh, You know, some of the polling recently shows that three quarters of Republicans believe that he's being targeted uh, for political reasons. Uh, Does it concern you that uh, that this public perception exists? And and what can you do to try to change that? Okay. um, of course, it concerns me. Um, What we have to do is show by the acts that we take that we're following the law, that we're following the facts. Yeah, but you're not showing it by the actions you take that you're following the law. What law? The Klan Act? The Enron Obstruction Law? I mean, what, what, what are you talking about, you moron? Yes, he's a moron. He's another one that's lost a few uh, dozen IQ points. You're going to show the public with your rush to trial? You showed the public when you appointed this fool in the first place, this guy Smith. Go ahead. Um, um, prosecutions that you're talking about were brought last year. Um, and the uh, special prosecutor has uh, said from the beginning uh, that he thinks uh, public interest requires a speedy... But the special uh, prosecutor doesn't represent the views of the public just because he wraps himself in public interest just because he's on the dole and always has been. He doesn't represent the public in any real way other than claiming that he does. That's just absurd. And there is no need for this rush. They do not want the process to go as it normally should. The criminal law process takes a few years, you get appeals, depending on the appeals, it may go back to the trial court and so forth. They don't want that. They're rushing it. Emergency appeal to the Supreme Court. The Democrats on the circuit court issue an emergency order for a hearing a couple of weeks later, even though the Supreme Court said no in their case. In the case they reached it, they're in a hurry. And then they accuse the Trump lawyers of delaying. Well, of course they're delaying. Because the government is, is rushing this case. They just want Trump in prison. They want him convicted of something. The goal here is to interfere with the election. That's the goal. Go ahead. 
which I agree with. You agree with that? I do. And uh, the matter is now in the hands of the uh, trial judges to determine when the uh, trials will take place. The department has policies about steering clear of elections. I have um, to give this guy, Evan Perez, at least in this regard, credit for watching my show. Don't you, Mr. Producer? I spent a lot of time on this. I think it was last week, and the show started to all come together. A lot of time on the various memos, including from this fool. And, of course, the 1973 and 2000 Office of Legal Counsel memos that set forth the policy of the Department of Justice for the last half century, which has been broken now. Go ahead your mind where it might be too late to bring these trials to fruition uh, again to stay out of out of the way of the elections and uh, as the department policies well i, I just say you know what i said which is that the cases were brought last year prosecutor yes has, hold on hold on hold on yes the voice of death the grim reaper he didn't ask you when the cases were brought last year One case was dropped, I think it was in June or July, and the other one was in August. It was hardly a year ago. But they'd like to say last year. And, uh, of course, Trump had already announced or was intending to announce. So they're racing him to the the courthouse. Actually, they're racing to uh, to the press office. And that has nothing to do with anything. They're interfering in an election. And he doesn't answer the question. Go ahead. Speedy trials, uh, uh, with which I agree. Um, and this now in the hands of the judicial system, not in our hands. Do you, do you look in, looking back now, do you think that the department took too long to bring these cases, maybe? No. The special prosecutors followed the facts and the law. Uh, they brought cases when they thought they were ready. But, no, is this guy ever answer a question? He's so dishonest. He's so thoroughly corrupt, intellectually and otherwise. Just so dishonest. Cut to go. You have uh, appointed more special counsels than other at- attorneys general. You did this. Well, let me because- just stop, stop uh, Evan, on this one. Now I have to fix it. The truth is that there were more special counsel investigations in the Clinton administration than any other administration, period. Because they kept handing the cases, not all, but most, to Ken Starr. And the reason is, uh, Reno didn't want to keep appointing special counsel. They would have had ten of them. Six of them, eight of them, who knows. But they kept giving them to uh, Ken Starr, part of his portfolio. So that's the truth. Go ahead. Uh, independence from the, the way the, poli- the Justice Department operates. But even uh, the, the president's son. And there know, he screws up, too. What he should have said, Evan, what you should have said was you've abused, or at least if you're CNN, misused the special counsel appointment process. You appoint a special counsel for a number of reasons, but one is... You appoint a special counsel when you're investigating somebody within the same branch of government as yours, the Biden administration, who's at a fairly senior level where there's an appearance of a conflict or an actual conflict of interest. You don't appoint a special counsel to go after your political opponents. 
So out of the get-go, right out of the gate, what they did was violate long-standing Department of Justice policy. Go ahead. Is accusing the department of uh, political uh, bias in the, the prosecutions that have been launched against him. You know, how do you re- reassure the public that uh, these things are being handled in an independent manner, given the fact that these uh, special counsels do? I, I, I have to say that this guy's doing a pretty damn good job, especially for CNN. He better look over his shoulder. May not be there long. You know, the new head of CNN says, we got to bring back CNN swagger. I'm thinking, you mean swag, you know, like sweatshirts or something? Because swagger, CNN never had swagger. And how gender-like is that swagger? Isn't that like a man thing, Mr. Producer? Uh-oh. Go ahead. We have uh, reasserted and clarified the norms of this Justice Department. All right, now shut up. You know, this is the problem you can see. You're talking to a mannequin here. You're talking to a mannequin. Or as Biden called him, ponderous. He's a ponderous judge. No, he is a dishonest, intellectually dishonest propagandist. And of course he's going to support everything the special counsel does. Everything. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I doubt you've heard any of this discussed today. I doubt you've heard any of the audios, which is why when I was doing show prep, which we do here for many hours before the program, I said to Mr. Producer, these are, we want to hit this stuff. And he's the best at what he does. And uh, that's why we wanted you to hear what they were saying, because this audience, I doubt... You heard what Garland had to say on CNN. I doubt you heard what Holder had to say on CNN. And that's wise, because why would you destroy your brain cells watching CNN and get an ulcer on top of it? And in fact, if a small percentage of this audience were to start watching CNN, their ratings would skyrocket. So why would we do that anyway? There's an internal battle going on in the country. It's what I've been calling a cold civil war. And what the media are doing now, America, is they are interviewing themselves. They're interviewing Marxists like Bernie Sanders. They're interviewing Democrat operatives. They're interviewing people who were on the January 6th Stalinist committee. As well as witnesses. But we now know, didn't tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in some cases when they testified. They are interviewing family members who've turned on their their family member. Disgruntled former employees are getting positions on these networks. And so they sing. Like a bunch of crows. Going after a kill. That's the way they sound. From what me- one media platform to the next. Even the so-called comedy shows at night, like that fat slob, what's his name, Jimmy Kimmel. He's got the IQ 
of Iraq. And the rest of them. By the way, whatever, remember when Jimmy Kimmel had blackface, Mr. Purdue? Remember when he did that? On Comedy Central, right? He's apologized for that, I know. Now that he's a big dog out there in the, you know, Hollywood. Apologize for that. Have you ever painted your face black, Mr. Producer? I've never painted my place. Who does this? Democrats, I guess. But that's okay. He's a good leftist now. And that's all right. Apparently he's in a battle with Aaron Rodgers. What's with all the hate against Aaron Rodgers, by the way? What is that all about? It's crazy. Why? He's, he didn't want the vaccine. Oh, well, then we have to destroy him. I don't get it. But nonetheless, anybody who resists is to be destroyed. Their reputation, their career, their legacy. Same damn thing. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Ladies and gentlemen, it would appear, to me anyway, that Nikki Haley is going nowhere fast. And that's a good thing, because she has obviously become the the focus of the rhinos, the GOP establishment, the focus of the corrupt Democrat Party media, focus of uniparty billionaires, rhino billionaires, and of course Democrat billionaires, and of course the focus of tampering in the Republican primary by allowing non-Republicans to try and flow in to vote for Nikki Haley. Now, all those reprobates I just talked about, that's Nikki Haley's base. That's her base. I would ask prominent conservatives, I would ask conservative organizations, has Nikki Haley reached out to any of you? Hmm? So she'll do okay in New Hampshire. You've got that running mouth... Little fat doughboy goes by the name of Chris Sununu. How many users are in Sununu, Mr. Producer? I don't even know. Sununu. Three, I guess. Uh, but in any event, word is out that in the next hour or so, Tim Scott is going to endorse Donald Trump in New Hampshire. Now, I've come to like Tim Scott, and so has Mr. Producer. He uh, stayed away from this program for a very, very long time. And he said, you know, this is what he said, you have wicked smarts, an unbelievable capacity 
to speak your mind. And I felt that if I come on, you were just going to, you know, focus all that on me. I said, that was never going to happen, ever. I criticized him for supporting Murkowski, and that that was deserved. Because she's a complete clown show. My wife gets mad when I say that. Shouldn't call people clowns because clowns are good. They're real people. But I can't say a-hole, you know, that just doesn't work. So anyway, so it looks like he will endorse her. Now, Trump is already way ahead of her in South Carolina. Way ahead. Like 16 points. So it's going to be kind of humiliating if she hangs around for South Carolina, which I guess she will, and loses it. And in my view, she has to win in New Hampshire, come in a very, very close second, like one, two, three points behind, given all of her focus on New Hampshire. Now, she spent almost $20 million in Iowa of other people's money, the Democrats, to try and come in number two and knock off DeSantis. And all that money was aimed at DeSantis. None of it was aimed at Trump. None of it. And these billionaire donors, the vast majority of them, are chameleons. They're chameleons. It's always, what can they get out of it? In my humble opinion. You see this guy, Lagone, who's on uh, Fox from time to time? He's a Republican. Once supported Trump. Not sure he can support him anymore, but he met Nikki Haley and he was convinced she's the one. Is that stupid? He's one of the Home Depot guys. Bernie Marcus. He's a patriot. That's a stand-up guy. I think there were four of them. Three or four of them that started the company. And Bernie Marcus is an entrepreneur, obviously. He's a capitalist. He's a principal conservative. The others, like the guy that owns the Atlanta football team and this guy, Lagone, not so much. Not so much. It's just the way it is. I think there's one more, but who cares? It's like, who was the fourth stooge? Remember that, Mr. Producer? Oh, yeah. Well, you had Shemp and Curly. Those were the, the yeah, and, and then you had uh, Larry and you had Moe. That was the fourth. So really the fifth stooge, when uh, Shemp and Curly eventually dropped out, there was another guy who came in. Nobody remembers his name. They didn't last that long. But anyway, he's that guy. So over at Breitbart, Tim Scott to endorse Donald Trump by Hannah Blow Knudsen. Uh, expected to endorse former President Trump tonight at a rally in New Hampshire. He's going to. New York Slimes was first reported the forthcoming endorsement confirmed by two people briefed on the matter. <laughs> oh, it's a national secret. It's anonymous. According to the report, Scott, who dropped out of the race, obviously, is traveling with Trump to attend a rally in New Hampshire days ahead of the state's primary contest. Time speculates the endorsement could further discussions on potential running. Well, of course it could. Hey, we work at the New York Times. Scott formally dropped out of his race uh, presidential bid during an appearance on former Representative Trey Gowdy's show. I don't remember that. Do you, Mr. Medusa? I honestly don't. Doesn't matter. Whatever. He made it clear he was not prepared to endorse one of his former opponents. You know, it, it, it's typical. That you don't. I know Ramaswamy did, but, you know. But it's typical that you don't jump in right away that quickly. 
And of course, Chris Sununa's reaction was, who cares? So you have all these Republicans lining up against Nikki Haley, and he also always says, who cares? That's a nobody. Everybody's a nobody but Chris Sununu. But Chris Sununu is a nobody. Truly is. He talks like this Chris Matthews. What's, what's going on there, Mr. Producer? I don't... Well, anyway, so... Sununu said, what's the big deal? And now, Sununu guaranteed last week that Haley would win and beat Trump. Now, not so much. Strong second's good enough. Strong second. Scott will not be alone in his endorsement. Uh, So they might have Ramaswamy. But here's the funny thing. The governor of South Carolina has endorsed Trump. Most of the officials in South Carolina have endorsed Trump. And of course, Nikki Haley hasn't run on her stellar record as governor. This is the thing that always shocks me. And Sununu was very nasty. And as most establishment rhinos are. And said Ted Scott wouldn't even have been in Congress but for Nikki Haley. I I don't know what that means. Maybe she appointed him to the House. She had nothing to do with him in the Senate. That was Jim DeMint. When he stepped down, that's who he urged to replace him. Maybe she did that. I don't know. But so uh, this is the way Chris Sununu, you know, this is the way he rolls. He goes on TV and he talks about how Donald Trump is nasty. You know, you got to be united. You got to bring all the elements, not just to the party, but the country together. Then he starts trashing people who don't agree with him or Nikki Haley, because this is the nature of that part of the party, such as it is. This is why you get guys like Mitch McConnell doing what they do. Very nasty, very hateful, more to conservatives than to any other group. Any other group. I mean, McConnell's palling around with Schumer. And this little squirt former guy that he worked, that worked for him is out there on social media threatening Mike Lee for challenging McConnell. They're like the mob. This is the way they work. And this is the way they work in New Hampshire, too. They're not seeking the vote of conservatives in New Hampshire. They're seeking the vote of Democrats. Or should I say independents? Never Trumpers. Trump haters. They're trashing conservatives. And then they blame the party and they say the party has left them in it. it, it, it it's just, these are self-righteous munchkins. Who don't have any principles. They have less bones in their bodies, Mr. Producer, than a jellyfish. Now, Nikki Haley, again, puts her foot in her mouth all the time, whether it's the Civil War. She doesn't know how to discuss these things. Racism, she doesn't know how to explain these things. Abortion, she sounds like a wimp because she is a wimp. Now, I want to talk about abortion in a second, but unrelated. So I want to hit this first. So here's Nikki Haley, and where is she today? On CNN. Cut 10, go with her buddy Jake Tapper. You said that America has, quote, never been a racist country. Now, Jake Tapper will jump on this stuff because Jake Tapper is a, uh, well, he's not a real journalist. He's a Democrat in journalism drag. So this is what he's focused on. 
this is what his focus is. Now, Jake Tapper has never lifted his finger personally to deal with racism. Just talks about it. He's just never done anything. Go ahead. You said that America has, quote, never been a racist country, unquote. Protections for the institution of slavery were written into the U.S. Constitution. All right, let's stop right there. You're a liar and a thug. Protections for the institution of slavery were not written into the Constitution, America. There's one section that talks about when slavery, the importation of slaves, will end. And it was the northern delegates who forced that in there. But protections for slavery are not in the Constitution. Slavery is not even mentioned in the Constitution. The three-fifths rule had nothing to do with three-fifths of a human being. Again, the northerners imposed that on the southerners because it was the northerners, the northern delegates, who said, look, you can't have it both ways. You don't treat slaves as human beings, and then you want to count them for purposes of the census so you have a bigger representation in the new Congress. They said, no, you can't do that. So it wasn't that the northerners thought that slaves were three-fifths of human beings. For the purposes of counting, for representation, they used three-fifths to prevent the north, to prevent the north from having more seats in Congress than they otherwise would have had. So there is Jake Tapper, who is a filthy liar when it comes to Israel, when it comes to Trump, and when it comes to our Constitution. He's an illiterate. And you are welcome, you jackass, to come on this program and we'll debate whether the Constitution enshrines slavery or not. I challenge you right now, right on my show. Come on this show, which has many more listeners than you have viewers. Come on this show, Tapper. I'll limit it to the one subject, if you like. Go ahead. The White House was built with slave labor. Your home state of South Carolina seceded from the Union, fought a war to defend the enslavement of black people. Yeah, uh, and I, that was your party, pal. The Democrat Party. And it wasn't only black people and slaves who built the White House. It was many people who built the White House. All of this is explained in the book, The Democrat Party Hates America. Does this guy sound like he even knows what he's talking about? Go ahead. And you don't think America is a racist country now, but we're here at a college. Do you really think as a, as a historical matter, America has never been a racist country? I mean, think about what you're First of all, I will tell you, when you look at, you know, the Declaration of Independence, it was that, you know, men are created equal with unalienable rights, right? That was what we all knew. But what I look at it as is I was a brown girl that grew up in a small rural town. We had plenty of racism that we had to deal with. But my parents never said we lived in a racist country. And I'm so... Right, I, I, I want to stop this mind-boggling stuff. Actually, I would lean towards Nikki Haley on this. But I want to take a break, and I want to educate Jake Tapper in abstention. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back 
who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realized that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. So let's start this now, and we'll cover it after the bottom of the hour. We have to be flexible in this program, substantively. God knows I'm not sitting in the chair. And um, this is why you tune in anyway. It's very, very important to be able to, uh, not only to address, but to unravel the lies that come out of CNN and the rest. This book, The Democrat Party Hates America, has anticipated every single thing these people have said and will say right up to Election Day. Uh, If you're really serious about being able to engage, it's so heavily discounted now at Amazon.com. The other day I was in Walmart, and they had a good supply of these books. You won't find it in Barnes & Noble or Costco anymore. We want to thank Costco. They move the books in and out quickly. We have nothing but disdain for Barnes & Noble. So let's start this, and I will get probably after the bottom of the hour further into it. So he says, slavery, what's the phrase here, Mr. Producer? He says, slavery, hold on now, uh, let's see, is written into our Constitution. He's a liar, ignorant. Former law professor... Robert Nadelson, as I write in my book, now of the Independence Institute, explains to begin with, the dominant view among the founders was that slavery was absolutely not fine. The prevailing view was that slavery violated natural law. It was doomed to extinction. Indeed, by 1787, several states had begun the journey toward abolition. Nor did the Constitution create or mandate slavery or racial discrimination. There were creations of state law. And they varied from state to state. The founders were forced to accept that situation to prevent America from fracturing into a multitude of nations constantly at war with each other, as in Europe. So it's not in the Constitution. Just read it. We can't find it. Also false is the common claim, he says, that slaveholders adopted the Constitution. Of the public that ratified it, only a small percentage owned slaves. And perhaps as many slaveholders opposed the Constitution, as favored it. In at least five states, and one scholar says he believes it was 11 states, the ratifying electorate included free American African Americans, free African Americans, who voted. Interesting how many of those, I write, who insist that all our history must be taught when promoting the non-historical CRT are the filthy lies which is CNN, whether it's Hamas and Israel, whether it's Biden and Trump, and now this, relentlessly anti-American, relentlessly smearing America. And Nikki Haley ought to read the book, too. She's absolutely ignorant. She doesn't know how to reply to these things. So I point that out to you because it's very, very important. 
about the Constitution. And of course, there's a lot more too. A lot more to this. Uh, another professor, let's see, he used to work at the Heritage Foundation. Very smart dude. And I don't have enough time. I will start this after the bottom of the hour. Points out effectively the same thing. Assistant professor at Hillsdale College, Dr. David Azarod, makes a good and succinct defense to the framers of the Constitution. He said the argument that the Constitution is racist suffers from one fatal flaw. The concept of race does not exist in the Constitution, nowhere in the Constitution or in the Declaration of Independence, for that matter. Are human beings classified according to race, skin color, ethnicity, nor one should add sex, religion or any other of the Democrat Party's favored groupings. Now, I'm, I'm almost done, but I want to complete this and demonstrate again that Jake Tapper is a liar, absolutely illiterate when it comes to our history and constitution. And the problem with Nikki Haley is she's illiterate when it comes to our history and constitution as well. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who've pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Well, let us continue in exposing Jake Tapper, the liar, and he's not the only one when it comes to our own history. Why would you lie against your own country? Why would you lie against your own country? And so I go to Professor David Azarod. Hillsdale College says the argument that the Constitution is racist suffers from one fatal flaw the concept of race does not even exist in the Constitution nowhere in the Constitution or in the Declaration of Independence for that matter are human beings classified according to race and skin color ethnicity nor one should add sex religion or any other the Democrat Party's favorite groupings. Our founding principles are colorblind, although our history, regrettably, has not been. But it's not due to the Constitution. The Constitution speaks of people, citizens, persons, other persons. A euphemism for slaves. And Indians not taxed, in which case it is their tax-exempt status and not their skin color that matters. And same with persons, other persons. The first reference to race and color occur in the 15th Amendment to the Constitution. 
and its guarantee of the right to vote ratified in 1870. No thanks to the Democrats like Tapper. Professor Azarad points out that the infamous three-fifths clause, as I've explained for 20 years now, which more, with, which more nonsense has been written than any other clause, does not declare that a black person is worth 60% of a white person. It says that for purposes of determining the number of representatives for each state in the House and direct taxation, the government would count only three-fifths of the slaves, and not all of them, as the southern states who wanted to gain more seats had insisted, insisted, the 60,000 or so free blacks in the north and south were counted on par with whites. The Constitution defers to the states to determine who shall be eligible to vote, Article 1, Section 2, Clause 1. And it is a little-known fact of American history that black citizens, and Azarad did his research, were voting in perhaps as many as 10 states at the time of the founding. The precise number is unclear, but only Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia. Those were states that explicitly restricted suffrage to whites. They were in a small minority. But this destroys the Democrat Party narrative of our country, even though it was the Democrat Party that did it. In addition... Explains Azarad. Did you find this fascinating? It's right in the book, Democrat Party Hates America. There's more information in here to counter these people. It is a reference guide. And I think it's like 12 or 15 bucks. But here we are. Azarad explains, because the Constitution does not explicitly recognize slavery and does not therefore admit that slaves were property, all the protections it affords to persons could be applied to slaves, and they knew it. Any one of these provisions in the hands of an abolitionist statesman and backed up by a right moral sentiment would put an end to slavery in America. You know who said that? Frederick Douglass, who was a slave. Frederick Douglass, who suffered slavery was more supportive and knowledgeable about the Constitution than Jake Tapper, who was born to a relatively wealthy Jewish family, I believe in Abington, Pennsylvania. It is true, writes Hazarad, that the Constitution of 1787 failed to abolish slavery. The Constitutional Convention was convened not to free the slaves, but to amend the Articles of Confederation the slaveholding states would have never consented to a new constitution that struck a blow at their peculiar institution. The constitution did, however, empower Congress to prevent its spread and set it on a course of extinction while leaving the states free to abolish it within their own territory at any given time. In fact, as I dug further, on July 5, 1852, Frederick Douglass, who was one of the great heroes in American history, a black man, a former slave who escaped slavery, true intellectual, Abraham Lincoln befriended him, respected him. Douglass gave a fierce speech condemning slavery 
and endorsing abolition. And in that speech, Frederick Douglass also strongly defended the Constitution and those who drafted it. Because there were people like Jake Tapper roaming the countryside who wanted to destroy everything. Douglass said no. Among other things, Frederick Douglass declared that those who replied to him by charging the framers and the Constitution for, quote, precisely what I have now denounced are, in fact, guaranteed and sanctioned by the Constitution of the United States, that the right to hold and to hunt slaves is part of that Constitution framed by the illustrious fathers of this republic. In other words, he's saying that's the accusation. But I differ from those who cha- charge this base li- baseness on the framers of the Constitution of the United States, Douglas said, it is a slander upon their memory. At least as I believe, fellow citizens, there is no matter in respect to which the people of the North have allowed themselves to be so ruinously imposed upon. And that of the pro-slavery character of the Constitution. He's denouncing the attackers said the Northerners would never have agreed to what they're accusing the Constitution of being. And that instrument, the Constitution, I hold there is neither warrant, license, nor sanction of this hateful thing. But interpreted as it ought to be interpreted, the Constitution is a glorious liberty document. Read its preamble, he said. Consider its purposes. Is slavery among them? Is it at the gateway? Or is it at the temple? It is neither. Douglas said, well, I do not intend to argue this question on the present occasion. Let me ask, if it be not somewhat singular that if the Constitution were intended to be, by its framers and adopters, a slave-holding instrument, why neither slavery, slave-holding, nor slave can anywhere be found in it, Jake Tapper. This is Frederick Douglas. What would be thought of an amendment, excuse me, what would be thought of an instrument drawn up, legally drawn up, for the purpose of entitling the city of Rochester to a tract of land in which no mention of land was made? Now take the Constitution according to its plain reading, and I defy the presentation of a single pro-slavery clause in it. Not one. On the other hand, said Douglas, It will be found to contain principles and purposes entirely hostile to the existence of slavery. This is why I write books. This is why I exist. This is why I get behind this microphone or a TV camera. I don't want our country destroyed with lies and smears. And same with the framers. Somebody has to speak out, and if not me, who? I say, if Douglas were alive today and made this statement on nearly any media platform or virtually any Democrat Party event, he would be booed off the platform. In other words, he would be abused and smeared as Clarence Thomas is today. As he was today. In addition, I write, the framers were highly accomplished, mostly well-educated, and avid readers of history and philosophy. If, in fact, they wanted to institutionalize and enshrine slavery into American society, why did they not do so? 
in the governing document. The Constitution would have been the perfect vehicle through which to do it. For nearly five months during a sweltering summer in Philadelphia, delegates labored over and debated every phrase, every clause in the document. James Madison took copious notes of the proceedings. If the framers and state ratifiers of the Constitution consecrated slavery and meant to perpetuate it, would they not have sculpted it into the Constitution? That is, America's supreme governing document, would slavery not be promoted in the Federalist Papers to encourage ratification of the Constitution? Yet none of this happened. None of it exists. Moreover, the Constitution's strengths, including the diversification and separation of powers within the national government, the sovereign authority of states, and the protection of the individual vis-a-vis governmental authority, are weaknesses to radical activists. And I could go on. That's why you're listening to this program. It's all right there in the Democrat Party hates America and a thousand other things that confront these people. Their hate for democracy. The historical hate of blacks and other minorities. Their persistent anti-Semitism. Their persistent hate for Asian Americans and Hispanic Americans. People need to understand this party. People need to understand its mouthpieces in academia. People need to understand its mouthpieces in the media like Jake Dapper. These are intellectually corrupt liars. Why would Jake Tapper say what he said? He could confront Nikki Haley and say, wait a minute. That's not exactly true. Obviously, we had the Klan, we had this, we had that. Could have said that, but he didn't say that. He said slavery's written into the United States Constitution. That's what he said. Attacking the founding document. Not the slaveholders, who are all Democrats. No. It's the Constitution. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back who've pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. From time to time, what you get here is an education that doesn't exist anywhere else in the United States or in the planet. Like this weekend, what am I going to be doing? Research and writing. Not a new book, but research and writing for something else. So, 
you should take advantage of what I'm doing. Because I won't be here forever and I won't be doing this forever. You know, in Liberty and Tyranny, I write in the first chapter about property rights. Physical property rights and intellectual property rights. And they are your right because you spend a portion of your life acquiring both. And so when I confer this to you, or convey it to you, I'm hoping I can convey it to as many people as possible. You're not going to get this in law school. You're not going to get this in college. You're not going to get it in high school. You're not going to get it in one book except mine. And it's written in plain English. And I'm not even hawking it. I just want to save the country. I want to win this election. I want to confront the media with their filthy lies about our country. I want to expose who's trying to destroy the country. And I want to confront them, confront them with actual history. And you, folks, you're going to be the Thomas Paines and the Paul Revere's. You have to be, or we can't win. So the book has been written. As my wife and I say to each other, this is the most important book I've ever written. And I'm sorry Barnes & Noble censored it. It's too bad. But it's available on Amazon.com and any re reputable store. And I said the other day, yes, I go to Walmart. I'm going by their bookshelf area. It's just one area. And there it is. I was surprised, quite frankly. Because it's been out now a while. But there it was. And there it is. And we sold a hell of a lot of books at Walmart. Walmart sold more books than Barnes & Noble. Can you believe that, Mr. Producer? Costco sold more books than Barnes & Noble. And Costco is not really in the book business. They have one table. That just shows you what took place at Barnes & Noble. I will never forgive them for their censorship. You know, there's article after article about, oh, in Florida, this book's not allowed to be sold. And yeah, because it's pornography, you moron. There's not article of article about how conservative books are censored, even by Barnes & Noble. And Hudson at the, live, at the airport. Shouldn't buy crap from them. There's plenty of alternatives at the airport now. Hudson should go to hell, too. It's a propaganda operation. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
happens if I turn the mic on. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. Kevin Roberts is the president of the Heritage Foundation, which is a fantastic organization. I am concerned about some of their isolationist tendencies. But that is a problem that's going on across party and philosophy. And unfortunately, this nation has faced this sort of thing. And more times than not, it has wound up in major wars. Because the enemy is not isolationist. And they don't believe staying in their own lane. And at some point, the United States, by its mere existence, is in the way. But that for another day. Is it the Heritage Foundation? Now, he was at the World Economic Forum yesterday. And he had something to say to the elitists who were there. And I like when this is done. Like the president of Argentina, this guy is really great. Cut 14, go. What do you think it means by retribution? Well, it's laughable that you would or anyone. So hold would on one second. So there's a question and answer. And what do you think he? They mean Donald Trump. You notice how many mass murdering, genocidal f- maniacs are running countries around the world, and they're focused on Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu. You believe this? You know why? Because they can't do anything about a G or an Un or the rest of them. But they can attack Trump and they can attack Netanyahu to their heart's desire. Because there's no consequence. None. In fact, the opposite. The ruling classes in Europe as well as in the United States and elsewhere love it. They love it. All right, cut 14, go. What do you think it means by retribution? Well, it's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's standing up for it. It's 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 equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X, when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. And this is why that was so well put and to exactly the right people. So I tip my hat to Mr. Roberts, who I don't believe I've ever met. It's okay. I've met a lot of people. But that said, that's right on. They're the problem. They're the issue. As I said, what was it that Bill Buckley once said he'd rather be ruled by the first 2,000 names in the Boston phone book than by these so-called experts and elitists. 
He's exactly and was 100% correct. Something we lose sight of often. You hear me talk from time to time about self-haters in various faiths. The Catholic faith. I consider Joe Biden a self-hating Catholic. And same with Nancy Pelosi. Their extremism on the issue of abortion. And demanding that people of conscience, people of a certain faith or practice say, no, I don't want to participate that, force them to participate in it, and force the American taxpayer to pay for it, that's, that's just outrageous. And I mentioned earlier in the show, I wanted to mention something on abortion. I hope your ears are perked. We've never had an honest debate about abortion in this country, ever. But what do I mean by that? It's been debated and debated. I said we've never had an honest debate about abortion in this country. Never. And I'll prove it to you. The abortion process. I've never seen it. Certainly hasn't been often. But I don't believe ever has never been shown on popular commercial television. Partial birth abortion, which is supported by the Democrat Party, regardless of how they twist it, has never been shown on popular commercial television. Why? Too gruesome? But I thought it was just a choice. It wasn't even a baby. Why won't they show it? Where's Frontline where their great music over there at PBS? Public TV has never shown it. Why won't they show the procedure? If it's so harmless, in fact, if it's fantastic, if it doesn't hurt another human being, if it's simply a choice, and you see the reason they don't show it is because I think it would fundamentally alter the debate in this country. And the value system when it comes to abortion. Fundamentally alter it. So the media censor it. I am challenging these so-called documentary channels. Just one show. Show us. Not with graphic pictures. Not with image makers or AI. or No, show us this procedure that you fight for. That you run on. As I said, we've never had an honest debate about this because they won't show it. All we hear from are people screaming about it. Or women's groups claiming that none of us can possibly understand it if we're not a female. Which, of course, you're not allowed to identify as a female. But that's a whole other story. We have never had an honest debate in the United States of America on abortion because the vast majority of the American people have never seen the procedure and have never seen it particularly in the latter term when it's a fully formed human being. You agree with me, Mr. Producer? And they're never going to allow it. They are never going to allow it for that reason. 
But here's my point about self-haters. Ben Cardin is a perfect example of a self-hating Jew. And again, I will prove it to you. When we say and they talk about a two-state solution, I have a question. What exactly will this other state look like? Who will decide and how how can we be sure that it doesn't flip into some kind of a terrorist state? And who would stop them? Now, when you have a separate country, you can have an air force, you can have supersonic missiles, you can have a standing army, you can raise taxes, you can vote at the United Nations, you can do all kinds of things. And if the territories, that is Judea and Samaria, that Blinken, Biden, the people who hate Netanyahu, Thomas Friedman, and all the other low lives are talking about, there would simply be no possible way to defend Tel Aviv, Haifa, Jerusalem, urban areas. No possible way to protect Israel's airport, the Ben-Gurion airport. No way to protect it. None. And if they're wrong, this cabal of nitwits, Israel haters, if these monsters are wrong, then Israel's gone. And the Jews are obliterated. Now, but the United States come to the rescue of Israel? Tell me, does the United States come to the rescue of the United States in the Middle East? No. Can't build a foreign policy or a, a country based on this kind of nonsense. Iran's attacking us through surrogates. They're now bombing Pakistan, Pakistan's hitting them back. And so, this country that they want to create will have more power to advance its Islamist Nazi agenda than ever before. Now let's look at this region to show you how insane Biden and his people are how absolutely insane and suicidal, not on their own behalf, but on behalf of the Jews in the Middle East, they are. Let's think about this. Every damn survey that's been taken since October 7th, two surveys by an Arab institution, one survey by a Palestinian institution. If the vote were held today in Judea and Samaria or Gaza, Hamas would win with almost 90% of the vote. Unless it was the Islamic Jihad, which inches out Hamas. So the peaceful Palestinians would vote for a terrorist regime. We're being lied to. It's called propaganda. They're pushing falsehoods at us, just like Jake Tapper did with the Constitution. 
The vast majority of the people who live in this area, you can call them Arabs, Palestinians, whomever they are, support terrorism. Especially against Israel and the Jews. How do we know? They told us. Even better. They've told the people conducting the surveys. Arabs and Palestinians. They've told us by their voting. So you set up a new state. Which Israel cannot defend itself from. And Israel is expected. Expected. To convey its territorial lands, its first capital, where Judaism was effectively born. To convey it to the Palestinians, who have no, no claim to the land there. Zero. Unless you start history in 1947 and 1948. I don't see us conveying parts of America back to the indigenous peoples, the Native Americans. I don't see us going to Mexico and Central America and South America and say, look, we're sorry. Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, they're yours. They should have always been yours. They're yours. It's ridiculous. And it's also suicidal. These countries in the Middle East, except for Palestine, the original Palestine, the real Palestine, the Jews, are all manufactured. They're all concoctions of one conquering empire after another. The Ottoman Empire. The British. The UN. No other people in that region can point to the Bible and say, look at this passage here. Look at these people right here in the Bible. There it is. It's, it's, it's in the records. It's in the historic records. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, if I think it matters to Jake Tapper. He doesn't even know what the hell's in the Constitution. And he says a lie with much bluster. Like, I really got Nikki Haley here. It's right in the Constitution. No, it isn't, a-hole. Why don't you tell people what is in the Constitution? So Ben Cardin supports the annihilation of Israel. And he's a Jew. Liberal Democrat. Senator from Maryland. Because the leftists, regardless of their faith, always put their party first, like good little Marxists. Not the country, certainly not another country. The party comes first. So I want you to listen how Ben Cardin tap dances. I want you to listen to his silver tongue. But in the end, Ben Cardin is not going to live in Israel. None of these people are. So they have nothing to fear. They're here in America telling a, a sovereign nation what to do. And they're telling a sovereign nation to surrender part of their nation. How much time, Rich? Cut 15, go. 
First, Hamas must be eliminated as a threat to the Palestinians and the Israelis. It's not a threat to the Palestinians. They are Palestinians. The Palestinians are like, here's the big lie. They like to talk about Hitler. I'll talk about Goebbels. These people, I will call them, the way they spew their big lie and repeat it, Gobelian. It's not even a word. I'll create it. Go ahead. There must be a clear path for a Palestinian state and the state of Israel living side by side in peace, recognizing each other's rights uh, and without fear uh, of any security concerns. This is sick. This is a sick man. This is a self-hater. Hamas says that'll never happen. Iran says that'll never happen. The Islamic Jihad says it'll never happen. ISIS says it ain't going to happen. Al-Qaeda says it ain't going to happen. The mothership, the Muslim Brotherhood says it ain't going to happen. But here's some jackass in Maryland, two states side by side that recognize their rights and their security. You out of your mind, you jerk? We have states in our own country that don't recognize the rights of other states. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Two nations living side by side, peacefully sharing borders, ensuring each other's security. I'm Mr. Rogers, Ben Cardin. This man has no concept of what the hell's going on in this world. These people have attacked us. They've murdered American citizens. They murder each other. They murder Jews. They murder Christians. And this clown, this moron, Side by side, without fear, without security concerns, in peace and harmony. Sick, sick bastard. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Well, <clears throat> Nikki Haley refuses to debate Ron DeSantis. And to DeSantis' credit, he says nobody wants to debate. Why? Well, in Trump's case, it's obvious he's way ahead. In Haley's case, it's obvious she's afraid she'll lose again. And so Rand Paul had a good idea. And I'm no fan of Rand Paul, especially when it comes to national security. But that's beside the point. Many of his positions on domestic affairs I like a lot. But he had an idea. If Nikki Haley won't debate, then Nikki Haley should debate Nikki Haley. And so he put together this really fantastic clip, and I want you folks in New Hampshire to hear this. And those of you who have access to one of the social platforms, you should really download it and pass it to every person you know, particularly if you're in New Hampshire with the election coming up, so you can see, honestly, what a complete fraud Nikki Haley is. And she is. She is. We caught it first here, didn't we, Mr. Producer? Now people are picking up on it, because she is what she is. So listen to this. Rand Paul presents Nikki Haley debating Nikki Haley. Go. I would not run if President Trump ran. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. 
I will not, not now, not ever, support raising the gas tax. Let's increase the gas tax by 10 cents over the next three years. A huge issue that I'll deal with as soon as I get there is social media. They need to verify every single person on their outlet because, and I want it by name. I never said government should go and require anyone's names. I think China's been a really great friend of ours. Yes, I view China as an enemy. That was um, not what I intended to say. I do not think we need to pull money from the UN. The UN, the only thing is we would defund the UN as much as possible. When a 12-year-old child in this country assigned female at birth says, actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy, what should the law allow the response to be? Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. I think there should be federal involvement. You should not have any gender-altering anything done to a child before the age of 18. Isn't that devastating? I mean, seriously, for people who actually do have an open mind and listen to that, I'm not sure I'm going to vote for this or that. That is devastating. And it's humiliating. It's humiliating. She doesn't have a principle in her body. Which is why the Sununus of the world, the Hogans of the world, rallied to her. It's why the Democrats are desperately trying to get her nominated and spending tens of millions of dollars. And that's why Democrats, as a joke, are trying to get her the nomination in the Republican primary. And that's why Tim Scott is not going to endorse her. He's going to endorse Trump. And that's why she won't debate Ron DeSantis. All those times when they were debating, all those questions in Iowa where she kept lying and Ron DeSantis kept saying, that's a lie, that's not true, that's a lie. He was right. We don't need this, America. We need strong leadership. Where Our backs are against the wall. I want to play one other thing for you before the end of the program and before the end of the week. It's very important. There was a hearing yesterday at the Senate Judiciary Committee. And the nominee by Joe Biden is a man with ties to an anti-Semitic organization. Now, this is a Muslim man, but Cruz isn't opposing him because he's a Muslim. He's opposing him because of his connections. And you will hear Dick Durbin, who I told you before, the late, great Senator Thompson told me, was the least honorable senator he ever dealt with. Said he just stabs you in the back. He will wave around a letter from the Anti-Defamation League. The Anti-Defamation League is not what it used to be. It is another radical left-wing Democrat stronghold. And they stupidly put in charge a former special assistant to Barack Obama, who despises Israel. And so in my view, they put this guy on top of the ADL. Perfect. So the Democrats can keep hiding behind him. So that gives you some context of what you're about to hear. It's very, very interesting. Cut 18, go. Do we have the courage to stand up and say this was wrong, the way this man's been treated? Do we have the courage to say that assuming that everyone of a Muslim faith in America is a suspect terrorist or anti-Semitic? I hope we do. 
Senator Lee? Mr. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I I deserve a right to respond to that. Well, you'll decide that, but I'll decide, Senator Lee. You've impugned my character, and you made an accusation that was a vicious lie. I'm going to quote from you what you said about me. You said that I had just asked a question, and here is a quote from you, Mr. Chairman, quote, that I had said he is likely to be anti-Semitic or a terrorist because he is Muslim. Now, you have just impugned my character by making a false accusation, and I will say it is disgraceful. Did you respond to any of the substance of what I said? No. You just attacked me and called me a bigot, and you responded by stating deliberate falsehoods. You said he would be the first Muslim. Well, you know what? I understand. Excuse me. I, I have a right to defend myself when you impugn my character in a way that is a new low for this committee. You did not dispute any of the facts I said about the organization that he was an advisor, if he was a donor of, he raised money for. Instead, you said he'd be the first Muslim on the federal court. Well, no, that actually is not correct. And, and in fact, that. Mr. I Chairman, the first in fact, judge. so uh, the Democrats don't want to dis- defend the substance. So now they're screaming Islamophobia. And I understand playing the race card when anyone disagrees with the Democrats. I they stand scream by racist. the ADL letter. But here are no, I'm going to defend myself because under the Senate rules, you have impugned my character in a way that is blatantly false. And let's just respond with facts, with substance rather than invective. Just recently. Zahid Quarashi was nominated by President Biden, was confirmed by the Senate. Like Mangi, Quarashi is a Pakistani American. He's a Muslim. And he was nominated to serve the people of New Jersey. However, unlike Mangi, he doesn't have association with a radical anti-Semitic group. He doesn't have association with whitewashing terrorism. Rather, Kwashi served in the army. He was deployed twice to Iraq. He worked for the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and he served as a federal prosecutor. And he received 83 votes in the United States Senate for confirmation, the second most under Joe Biden, second only to a nominee from Texas, whom John Cornyn and I recommended. And so it is not the fact that, that Mr. Mangi is a Muslim. That is his problem. It is the fact that his record is extreme. And by the way, if you want to look to Jewish organizations, the Zionist Organization of America has submitted a letter to this, this committee opposing the nomination. The Coalition for Jewish Values has submitted a letter to this committee opposing the nomination. Stop anti-Semitism. An anti, a nonpartisan organization has voiced their concerns with Mr. Mongi's affiliation. I want to introduce into the record, I ask unanimous consent to introduce into a record an article from the New York Post entitled, Biden Judicial Nominee Draws Scrutiny Over Ties to Controversial 9-11 Memorial Event. I responded with substance and fact, and you responded with insults and invective that ignored the substance that Mr. Mangi deliberately associated with a consistently anti-Semitic organization, and yet Democrats are perfectly happy for him to be a federal judge. I stand by the statement that I read into the record from ADL, and I also stand I by the statement. I quote from you, was not from ADL. I stand by the record uh, that I read it into the record, the statement from ADL, and I also stand by what was said under oath by Mr. Mangi after you finished trying to associate him with this organization, that he had no connection with it. Did you just say he had no connection with this organization? Is is that seriously what you said in this hearing? He was on the board of advisors, he was a donor and raised money for him, and you just said he has no connection with him? See, 
you twist this situation. Mr. Chairman, you just said he has no connection with his organization. Is that, that is that your view and the view of Senate Democrats? Read his statement to you. Is that your view that he had no connection with his organization? Senator Lee. Okay, you're refusing to answer because it's obviously indefensible and false. Senator Lee. First of all, is Ted Cruz brilliant or what? That's number one. Number two, there's only one political party in this country. One political party in this country who's speaking out against anti-Semitism and Islamicism and trying to defend the Jewish people. And I might add, Christians, faithful Christians, it's the Republican Party. I have no idea how a practicing Christian can vote for a Democrat. I have no idea how a practicing Jew can vote for a Democrat. None. Little Dick Durbin is a disgrace, but I use that word constantly because there's so damn many of them these days. Hat tip to our man Ted Cruz. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We've had killer shows all week. No brag, just fact. Maybe it's the New Year's since I've been back. Maybe it's the issues. But whatever it is, I couldn't be more thankful that you're here. I've been remiss. Yes, Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Another killer show. Brand new, fresh show. If you think you're going to be uh, somewhere else or you won't remember it, you can set your DVRs right now. And... As far as the eye can see. So you have it in your back pocket just in case. It's going to be a fantastic show. Don't miss the opening because that's going to be killer. And two great guests um, that we have Kaylee McEnany and Charles Payne. I want to hit hard on immigration, hit hard on the economy and two great people. And uh, Kaylee is in New Hampshire. So we want to talk about that, too. And also Sunday, an absolute killer show. The great Senator Tom Cotton. And our U.S. attorney friend from Utah, where we'll go over all these outrageous cases against Trump. And that would be Brent Tolman. And again, killer opening statement. So I hope you'll watch. And if you can't, set your DVRs right now. Well, I only get to about a third or a half of what I want to discuss. But then on the other hand, there's always Monday and next week. We go to America every Friday in honor of you. Here we go.
ladies and gentlemen, the week is officially over. The weekend begins now. Please don't forget, lock it into your recorder if you need to. Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, two killer shows. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. We salute our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world. We salute our brothers and sisters in Israel and in Ukraine. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Zelda and Smokey. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Indy. Good night, Patton and Rory. Good night, Barney. And good night, Marnie. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. Good night, Bernie. Good night, Teddy. And good night, America.